Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Grace to All with Paul Gray. Appreciate you joining me, especially during this time in the United States, in particular, this time of great unrest and great uncertainty. The situation in our country, and I realize some of you, many of you who are watching and listening to this are in other countries and situation is different, at least part of it. But our situation really, in my way of thinking, brings into clear focus what we've been learning in the last period of time, spiritually, and why it's so important and how we can actually help our country today, our fellow man. Like many people, we've been watching news about the sickening, tragic murder of a black man in Minneapolis at the hands of an apparently hateful, racist, power-hungry, dirty cop and his partners. We've watched news of law-abiding protests, protests that should happen in response to the murder. And we've watched news about horrific rioting and looting and vandalism that's happening supposedly as a result of the murder. One of the shows that I regularly watch always ends with the host quoting Jesus, what he said in John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. Jesus goes on to say, you're trusting God, now trust in me. Well, recently in the midst of the riots, he closed with, tonight my heart is troubled. Another host of a show that we regularly watch, who is usually optimistic, even in the face of some of the awful news she's reporting, said, I'm just so sad. I don't know what we can do. And both of those hosts are Christians who are pretty open about their faith. Well, we are troubled. Our hearts are troubled. But there is a solution. And there is something, something very important than you and I can do. And we can be the catalyst for other people as well. Today, I'm going to start by asking what I think are the three most important questions regarding what has happened and is happening in Minneapolis and Cincinnati and Los Angeles, Louisville, Denver, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, other cities around the country. We're going to see the answer to those questions and the solution. And most importantly, we're going to see what we you and I can do to help. Most of you don't need an overview of this situation, but for those of you watching, listening in other countries, I'm going to give it to you quickly. In the state of Minnesota, the city of Minneapolis, a policeman murdered George Floyd, a black man, defenseless. It was captured on video. It was sickening, and there's never any justification for something like that, most especially from those who are supposed to be protecting us from something like that happening. Most policemen and women are good and put their lives in harm's way every day to protect you and me. 
But obviously there are dirty cops who abuse power, usually disproportionately to minorities, especially blacks. Why? Well, we've learned that usually the answer to deep questions like this is always several questions deep. Now, we also have protesters who should protest at an injustice. In Ephesians 4, Paul says, be angry, just don't sin in your anger. Protesters should protest. Our country was built on freedom of speech, freedom to assemble, and freedom to a petition or redress the government to address injustices. In the history of our country, most protests have been peaceful. But today, there are some who abuse their right to peacefully protest and instead riot, burn, loot, destroy property and businesses of people who had nothing to do with what they are supposedly protesting. Why? The answer is always several questions deep. Three questions. Why is this happening? Second, what's the solution? Third, what can you and I do? And I'm going to tell you up front, there is good news, and I'm not just blowing smoke. Now, before I address those questions, let me first state the obvious. You can't legislate morality. Of course, more training and better vetting of officer candidates for police, better observation and weeding out bad cops will certainly help, and those things should happen. But that won't change the hearts of the dirty cops. That's only a Band-Aid or maybe even a big bandage. It's not a cure. It won't cure the deadly disease. And yes, government can take much more stronger and quicker action to prevent riots and protect people's properties and lives and to appropriately punish the perpetrators. Of course, that can happen and should happen, but that won't change the hearts of the perpetrators. That's only a Band-Aid. It might even be a big bandage, but it's not a cure. It won't cure the deadly disease. So let's ask some more questions and go a little deeper and then address the cure and what can we do. First question, why did the dirty cop kill George Floyd? And why do people riot and burn and loot and destroy property and hurt other people? Some say, well, they're just evil. They do evil because they are evil. One very prominent national politician says, you know, there are 10 to 15 percent of the people in our country that are just plain evil. I don't believe that. Others say, well, they've just been pushed to the breaking point, and they believe there's no other way to get people's attention and bring about change except riot. Others say that dirty cops and rioters do such awful things to control people and to scare them and to make them so fearful of them that they will ultimately submit to such fear-based control tactics. Others say it's the mindset of our government, either conservative or liberal. Fan they say that that's what fans the flames of bad behavior. Others say it's China's fault. Many say it's media's fault. All of those are blaming somebody. Any or all of those things lead to the general mindset of fear-based hate. Hate that then believes it has the right, the ability to hurt, punish, control, get what they're entitled to, do that to those whom they don't like. Hate's getting closer to the root cause, but it's still only a symptom of a much deeper root cause. So the real bottom line to the first question is, why do people hate? Let's talk about that. People hate, going all the way back to Cain, who killed his brother Abel, because people don't know 
who God really is, what God is like, and subsequently who they are and who everyone else is. People hate getting down to the very root of it is because they don't know that they are loved unconditionally forever by God, and they don't know that everyone else is loved unconditionally by God forever. When you miss the mark of experiencing unconditional love, then you act out. You commit acts of sin. Jesus said in John 17, 3, he says, look, here's what real life is. This is the way life was intended by God for all people. He said, this is real life, the life of the ages. He says, it's that people know Papa, Jesus' Father, and Jesus, that they know the truth about them, that they are unconditional love, that they know and experience unconditional, never-ending love for them and for everybody else. See, all people, some form or another, miss that mark. They fall short of knowing that they are loved perfectly forever by God, and so is everybody else. Now, until a person knows and experiences perfect, unconditional love, they're going to fall short of loving themselves and other people, and that's the root cause of hate, and they will begin to act out. All right. This has never been more important, more apparent, and more clear than in the summer of 2020. No one, politicians, authorities, religion, the media, nobody has answers or solutions because there are no other answers and solutions that work because none of them address the real basic root issue. The real issue is when people don't know and don't believe in the only true God, Jesus' Father, who is all good, all love, includes and accepts all people, is for all people, doesn't judge or condemn or shame or punish anyone, until people know and believe and experience unconditional love and know the truth about the only true God, real change will never happen. Laws won't bring about change. Political statements won't bring about change. Media coverage won't bring about change. Religion certainly won't bring about change. Change won't happen, especially when people believe in a religious version of a small g God, a God of their own creation, who only exists in their imagination, a God who will punish those whom they judge should be punished, those whom they hate. If that's the, quote, God, unquote, they know. If people believe in a fictitious, angry, small-g God who's separate, now that God doesn't exist, but if they believe in the God they think like that, who they think is separate, always adding to its list of wrongs, ever ready to condemn, punish, and pour out its wrath on people, if people have that false belief, they also believe that the people they hate, despise, or just believe are wrong, or less than, They believe their version of God hates and despises and will punish those other people. And in fact, they're just helping God out when they do wrong to them, when they hate them. They're doing God's work for it. Nothing will change until people know the truth 
that God is unconditional love and loves everyone unconditionally. Nothing, folks, will change. Nothing will change in people's hearts until people change their minds about God. The real root problem is people not knowing the truth about God, themselves, and all other people. Then the result of that is they don't know and experience unconditional love for themselves and other people. Now, the solution is the New Testament Greek word metanoia, which has unfortunately been wrongly translated as repent. I've done teaching on that before. The word repent comes from penance and then give more penance, more money. That's not what it meant at all. The message of Jesus and the first church is changing your mind. That's what metanoia means. Changing your mind about what you have falsely believed about God, yourself and all people, and believing the truth of the good news about God, yourself and all people. Metanoia is just the opposite of believing in a false, angry, vindictive, punitive, wrathful, vengeful, fictitious, small g God. It's just the opposite. It's changing your mind and believing the truth. Friends, this is huge. This is the ball game. It's the whole enchilada. This is it. The root problem that fuels hate and evil is a false mindset about God. It's not knowing that God is totally good, is love, and not knowing that you and all other people are loved unconditionally. So the solution is changing people's minds about God. Now, what can we do? Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians 6.1. As God's partners, we beg you not to take God's marvelous love and grace for granted, allowing it to have no effect on your lives. We can partner with God, with Papa love, with Jesus love, with Holy Spirit love. We can partner with them in demonstrating and showing and teaching people in our lives the good news that they are loved unconditionally and always will be, and everybody else is. We can help people see the root cause for disease, for what's happening with police and rioting in government. Instead of complaining about the police and the rioters and government and everything, we can help people see what the root cause is. It's a destructive false mindset, a false perspective about who God is, who we are, and who all people are. Religion does not help people experience unconditional love. Religion is all about gaining and maintaining a right relationship with God because religion teaches God's love is conditional. But they can tell you what the conditions are and what you have to do and what you have to do to make things right, which is generally give money. Religion doesn't help this at all. Now, hear me, I'm not against church. Churches, synagogues, even mosques, they do good things. They help people, they provide community, they feed the poor, they do a lot of charity work, they do many good things. But religion itself, organized religion, is part of the problem because it teaches about a false God that is not 
true, pure, perfect love and doesn't purely and perfectly love everyone forever. The only true God, Jesus Papa, includes all people and labels all people as right with God. Paul wrote this, 2 Corinthians 5, 16. This is the uh, mirror translation. He says, this is radical. And he writes this after saying that Jesus included everyone in what he did at the cross. He says, this is radical in our most defining moment. No label that could possibly previously identify someone, including ourselves, carries any further significance. By discovering Christ from God's point of view, we discover ourselves and every other human life from God's point of view. Now, the translator here is South African, so you'll see that in some of the things he says here. He says, whoever a person was as a Jew, Greek, slave, free man, Boer, Zulu, Zoso, British, Indian, Muslim, American, Chinese, Japanese, or Congolese, is now dead and gone. Galatians 3.28, Paul says this, we no longer see each other in our former state, Jew or non-Jew, rich or poor, male or female, because we are all one through our union with Jesus Christ with no distinction between us. We are all loved unconditionally. In Colossians 3.11, he says, there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all, and I add, and loves all. By the way, a couple of those words, barbarian and Scythian there, they were the most savage, ungodly people in the world, according to religious people in that day and age. Paul says, no, Christ is in all of them and loves all of them. The mirror says, the revelation of Christ in us gives identity to the individual beyond anything anyone could ever be as a Greek or Jew, American, African, foreigner, famous male, female, king, or pawn. From now on, everyone is defined by Christ. Everyone is represented in Christ. Christ, God, is in every person, and God unconditionally loves every person. Remember, the world, especially including religion, doesn't know that. They don't know the answer to the problem because they don't know the only true God. It's not complex. It's actually very simple. Shortly after Jesus died 2,000 years ago, people in the first community of Christ followers started rapidly changing their mind about their false concept of God, themselves, and others. And as a result, they knew and experienced unconditional love. And as a result, in that first church that just grew rapidly, love prevailed and hate disappeared. There was a rapidly expanding group of changed people who no longer hated, judged, or excluded, who instead, like Jesus, like God, loved all people unconditionally, gave grace to all, and included all, even people who were persecuting them. They loved them. They didn't hate them. Jesus taught that and lived that and demonstrated that in the greatest way ever at the cross. He didn't hate his abusers or the police or the government or the religion. By the way, the police, the government, and religion were the three main groups that persecuted and killed Jesus. 
Jesus didn't judge them or condemn them or shame them or punish them or retaliate. He didn't use his ultimate power in a destructive, retributive way. He used his ultimate power, omnipotence, love, to demonstrate pure, perfect love, forgiveness, and grace by saving and including and forgiving and accepting all people. That was the beginning of changing people's lives. That one of the pagan Roman soldiers who was there participating in crucifying Jesus, when he saw how Jesus acted and responded, or literally didn't act out and didn't go after the people there, he said, truly, this is the son of the real God. Now, I want you to get this. I want you to listen super carefully. I want you to listen to these six words. Unconditionally loved people love people unconditionally. Unconditionally loved people love people unconditionally. So let me just wrap this up. The real cause of hate and all expressions of evil is that people don't know that they and all other people are unconditionally loved. The solution is to know who God really is and who they are and who all people are, to know and experience being unconditionally loved forever. Now, what can we do? We can partner with God and live it out with Jesus living as us, loving all people unconditionally, not labeling, not blaming, not judging, not condemning. You know, of course, we don't condone evil. We don't condone writing and killing and that kind of stuff. But we can love all people unconditionally. And we can love and include all of them and tell them about who God is and who they are. They are loved unconditionally. I really think that we've been on a journey, many of us around the world, of learning all of this and are now solid in it for just such a time as this in the summer of 2020, especially in the United States. And people all over the world are knowing and doing the same thing. All over the world, unconditionally loved people love people unconditionally. It may not seem like anything will happen with just little old me or little old you loving people. But with God, all are possible. And God is in the process of continually working all things for the good for all people. What some people intend for evil, God ultimately works for the good. So I want to encourage myself and you, all of us, to intentionally take what we've been learning. Let Christ live as us. Believe and trust God and see, imagine, visualize what God is doing for the restoration of all people, and then love all people unconditionally. Show them that they are loved unconditionally. Our purpose, why God created us, why we're here, is to be loved unconditionally by God. God is love, and love loves. God's not looking for people to serve him or worship him. God's goal is not to make people do right and not do wrong. God's goal and purpose is for us to experience perfect, unconditional love from God forever. True significance comes from being loved perfectly by unconditional love forever. 
After we take our last earthly breath, we're going to be face-to-face with perfect, unconditional love. And we will know as we've always been known. And we will all be perfectly and unconditionally loved forever, just like we always have been. That's why we were created in the beginning. See, that's what God wants. And that's what we can do. Thank you so much for listening to this. And please take these six words to heart. Meditate on them, pray, ask the Holy Spirit of Christ in you to reveal to you what God wants you to know about them. Here they are again. Unconditionally loved people love people unconditionally. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you next time on Grace to All with Paul Gray. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.